people need to be able to think, speak, and act without self-restraint. As an academic scientist, I have had the privilege of working with prescient giants in the field, such as Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Zev Zelenko, Dr. Joseph Ladapo, and Dr. Harvey Reich. This is America Out Loud Talk Radio. Welcome to my Liberty Hour. I am Dr. Paul Alexander. Welcome. Welcome back to the Dr. Paul Alexander Liberty Hour, brought to you by America Out Loud, Malcolm and his crew. Once again, we're bringing you our information, top quality information, because the legacy media has canceled people like me, McCullough, Reich, Bregan, Torp, etc. And people like Malcolm and his outfit have given us a voice. So I want to thank Malcolm openly again and ask you people to dig into your pockets and help Malcolm. Support America Out Loud every which way you can. And uh, there are a lot of things going on right now. Of course, the most important thing right now is President Trump. First of all, we need to do everything. I want to get to Biden and his mental capacity. Um, but we need to understand that, yes, there were some mistakes under President Trump. He allowed Fauci and Burks to lead the lockdowns that devastated Americans and killed people. I want to talk about that also, the COVID response. Again, can't stop reminding you how come so many people died, which was because of the medical management of them. There's not no virus. But right now we have a situation where we have a clunker of people trying to compete in primary Trump. And we have a situation where on the Democratic side and on the Republican side, they have nobody, basically, who could challenge Trump. Trump Trump and Putin held a particularly exclusive group. Both men controlled about five to 6,000 nuclear warheads that could destroy the world thousands of times over. Both men are alpha males. Both men love their countries. Both men love their borders. Both men love and hug their flags. Both men will go to war to defend their nations. Both men are, uh, I would say Putin is even conservative today. The Soviet Union of yesteryear, yesteryear pre-Gorbachev, pre-Yeltsin, etc., is gone. And the United States government and dark, nefarious people try to make you think that Putin was the same communist type of put person of before. But I, I don't buy that. And he put, look, we have to regard Russia today as not our enemy, but a, but a healthy foe. We can't sleep with both eyes closed with Russia. You have to sleep with one eye open. I agree. But Russia is not our enemy. We have a bigger threat from China. We have a bigger threat from Iran. Those are the enemies. Iran is the largest state sponsor of terrorism. Sponsoring Islamic Jihad, Hezbollah, Hamas, etc. That is a known fact. It boasts about it. When Obama did everything he could to arm Iran with money, with technology, with weapons, to then turn around and attack Israel and attack America. You know when that drone landed in Tehran. It didn't land on its own volition. 
the controllers of that drone had to land that drone. That drone couldn't just land like that. It didn't crash. When the two naval gunboats ran aground in, in the Persian Gulf, that was when Obama was president. Obama gave the drone and, the, and, and naval gunboats to Iran so that they could develop and steal the technology and use it on America in the future. And I would argue that that drone that just struck Tower 22 in Jordan was based on technology that, that Obama gave them. Obama killed American soldiers, those three soldiers. The same way I can tell you that Biden is invading America. You have a sitting president of the United States invading his own country. He invading his own country by having the border services stand down and, he, and he calling on foreign El Salvador, Honduras, Mexicans to flood the United States and they can't control it. We have eight to nine million illegals crossing to America since Biden is in power. We've We've confronted six and processed them. Released them into America. We don't know their proper names. We don't know where they're going. They're not coming back for no hearing. And we claimed that we assessed 190 of them were hardened, full-blown Islamic terrorists on the terror watch list, boasted they will kill Americans given the chance. So we held them at the border. I don't know if they went to Gitmo. I don't know. But this is what we did. Thank God. Yet, we have approximately 1.9 to 2 million what they call getaways, gotaways. That means the border services couldn't hold them. They were coming in at different points. We model then that there must be about 90 terrorists, hardened terror cell terrorists within America. We don't know their names. They were not apprehended and now they're in America plotting. I argue that there will be a massive, massive terror attack like what you see in Europe, that will kill Americans. And I lay that to the feet of Biden and Obama and Valerie Jarrett and Susan Rice and these people. What Biden and Obama did during Obama's term was devastating. And what Biden is finishing now is catastrophic. Obama, Biden and Obama are invading America. I want you to understand how I'm saying it. When Cicero talked about the enemy within, he was talking about Obama and Biden. They are the Manchurian enemy within. No sane nation, no sane nation allows their borders to be transgressed like this. You go to India, you go to Pakistan, you go to Sri Lanka, you go to China, you go to any country, any Eastern Bloc country, Yugoslavia, Czechoslovakia, Poland, Hungary. They have their borders militarized. They don't care if they get along with a neighbor. No sane country allows military-aged men, 20 and 30 years old, to cross into their country just like that. It's like you're lighting your own funeral pyres. It's like you're setting your own self along a pathway of death. These Islamics, these Islamist jihadist males, Muslim, North African Muslim, Middle Eastern Muslim, these are 6th century medieval beasts. Neanderthal, 6th century. We should have left them in the desert and come back in 1,000 years. And I still don't think they'd have been domesticated enough. 
We should have never, ever averted our gaze to them. These are animals. These are feral, banal, worse than dog animals. We should have never let them into the West. These people rape their way across Europe. Rape the European, the Danish, Denmark, Norway, Finland, Sweden. All of these countries were subjected to Middle Eastern males, gang rapes, killing the girls, blonde blue eyes. That's what they love. Swedish girls can't even go out after six. And they need to dye their blonde hair black. That is what we face in America today. So I beg you Americans, go and read your constitution. Go and read the amendments and go and read your rights. Understand your second amendment. Get conversant with it. Take your firearms, oil it. Take it apart, put it back together. Oil everything. Check your scopes. Go to the shooting range, practice. Make sure you have a legal firearm. I'm not talking illegal. Make sure you're handling it and you're storing it properly. Store it in your house. Store it in your car. Move with it. Get your concealed carry. Get whatever you need to get. And train your daughters to shoot. Train your daughters to use a knife properly. Train your daughters to kill the Middle Eastern male, the North African Islamic male with malice, to have no mercy on him if he come near her. Take the knife and plunge it into his neck. And don't stop. If he tries to rape her, have no mercy. These are animals. But this is what Biden is doing today. Right now in Europe, they have a crisis. The Mayor Adams don't even know what the hell he's talking about now. Between Hochul, the governor. I don't even know if Cuomo was worse than Hochul. Both of them, terrible. And Adams, they have now New York City overrun with vagrants, migrants. And they're all over. And they're coming to rape your daughter. I am warning you. Know your Second Amendment rights and be prepared to defend your life with imminent threat of death, with malice. Dispatch the Middle Eastern who comes to rape and kill. Dispatch him. Don't think about it. So, I'm trying to tell you that we try to paint the wrong picture of Putin. Putin is not a problem. Putin actually helped Trump destroy ISIS. If it wasn't for Putin, Trump and they would have not been able to handle ISIS up there when Trump was on deck. If you weren't following it, go back and read. The Russian military could be devastating. Russia is playing with Ukraine. You listen, I listened to the interview with Tucker Carlson and Putin. I grew even to have more respect for Putin. Putin is not only a hundred times mentally more stable. He's a thousand times more mentally more stable and in con control than Biden. We have a president that not only invading the country, but he's senile. We actually have a president that's sitting in front of you that is in stages of dementia and is actually senile. You need to point him where to walk onto the stage. You need to point him where to walk off the stage and you still walk wrong in circles. I don't know if it's a joke. I don't know what to say, but the point I'm making to you is our enemies are seeing. When the enemies see something like this, now they're going to poke. Now they're going to take a hit. 
because they know we have nobody in charge. Now, you might say, well, the president is never really in charge. It's the unseen person behind the curtain. I agree with that too. But the point is, when they see this kind of scenario coming up on a state, you have to understand that report yesterday, and I didn't even want to date this interview, but you need to get it. That report was not written by a conservative or a Republican special counsel investigator. You know. Go back and check the report. That special special counsel, that investigator is a leftist. That's, that's Biden and their people. That special counsel said to their own party that the president is non-compos mentis. You know what that means? That means not of sound mind. That's what he said. He said that we cannot even charge Biden, which we want to, for how Biden and they handled the classified information, what they found in the investigation so far. We want to charge Biden, this president, but we can't. We wouldn't even bother. Why? Because if we put him in front of the court, the court will say he's not mentally capable of standing trial. So I want you to understand what the special counsel, the special counsel stopped short of telling you invoke the 25th Amendment and remove him. The special counsel could have said that, but that's not their purview. Their purview was to just conduct the investigation and come to a conclusion. They came to a conclusion. Biden and they conducted illegal acts. But he also concluded that he can't even charge the guy because the guy too dimension, too senile to stand trial. Can you imagine that? He's saying on the one hand that the guy is too senile. So then how could he be president? That's the question. How could you remain him as president? So now America has a problem, the Democrat Party. They have to move him. Biden's presidency is over. After that report came out yesterday, it's done. That's why they rushed him out to do that podium speech. And still he would, you know, the funny thing about it is they, they, they got him to give a speech for about three, four minutes, take planted questions, yet he read off a teleprompter. If you wanted to give me comfort that you're not senile, at least come out there and talk ad lib. No, no, no. He's still in trying to fix the devastating report from the special counsel. They had him reading off a teleprompter. And when he walked off the stage, not even my grandfather before he died looked like Biden. Didn't walk like Biden. Biden have that characteristic senile dementia, Alzheimer's shuffle. is a, is a particular type of walk. We see it in clinical patients, in people who have this clinical advanced age dementia. Because it doesn't just affect your brain, it affects all your motor skills in a particular way. And Biden has the walk. America right now has a president, a government, Biden Inc. that's invading the country, destroying the borders, destroying the country, and he's senile. And right now the Democrat Party are in trouble because they can't invoke the 25th. Because who's the option? You have a vice president, I call her Madam, Madam Vice President um, Giggles and Cackles. And when you listen to Giggle and Cackle, you get so... Do you remember the primary? Kamala Harris polled zero. Do you remember she was approximately the first to drop out? She didn't get one vote amongst Democrats. They didn't even 
The Democrat Party wouldn't vote for her in their own primary. She couldn't even move forward. That's how much Democrats hate her. So the Democrats right now have a problem. How are they going to prop this senile individual up? Listen to me. If Trump was showing this dementia or this kind of um, senility, I'd have seen never ever consider Trump for president. You cannot have somebody like this running America. And even if you say, well, it's the president that really run America, it's the people behind the scenes. I'd agree with you. But the president have to exude force and power and leadership. Biden don't even know where he is when he's on that stage. And what Putin did is Putin showed you what a real leader is. And Putin showed you how much he loved his country. Putin gained so much respect. And you really understood the issues with the Ukraine war. This is not a war between Ukraine and Russia. This is a war between Ukraine and the United States. Some sick people think. They think they could take on Russia. But Putin is correct. You need to stop this madness now because you're going to take humanity to the brink of destruction. And right now, Putin getting tightly in bed with China, with Z, with Z, General Z, whatever the hell his name is. A unified Russia and China, America cannot fight. Let's be honest, America, military is the most lethal fighting force in the world. But a unified with China and Russia, America can't. That's why Nixon was so great. He made sure that China and the Soviet Union separated for a reason. The buildup of spike proteins is dangerous to your health. Global Healing's Foreign Protein Cleanse detoxes your body, removing the spike proteins, allowing your body to repair from within. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Who's got time for a nasal invasion messing up your lifestyle? Crush those nasties before they become a problem. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order with the coupon code OUTLOUD, you'll receive 20% off the entire purchase. Go to americaoutloud.shop. That's americaoutloud.shop and use coupon code OUTLOUD. Use Cofix RX because it works. Now, George Washington once encouraged us to animate and encourage each other and show the whole world that a free man contending for liberty on his own ground is superior to any slavish mercenary on earth. That's exactly what we do, as you'll see when you visit AmericaOutloud.news. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Welcome back to the second segment of the Dr. Paul Alexander Liberty Hour on America Out Loud. You know that our show, this show, um, this talk show goes to podcast uh, the following day in the weekend. Uh, you can hear it on Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, etc. iHeart. And um, a couple of house cleaning items quickly. My substack is called 
uh, Alexander News Network. That is A-L-E-X-A-N-D-E-R News Network. Um, before it was Alexander COVID News. So in case, if you just key in Paul Alexander Substack, it's my Substack, my blog. Please subscribe. I have it for free. No paywalls. You could comment. You could get into the debates. I have a small annual uh, membership of $29. It helps me financially because, uh, you know, I was one of those scientists, doctors canceled because of my work with Trump and my fight against the lockdowns and the vaccine. If you want to give me any kind of support or help, please, even if it's $1 or 5 bucks, you could go to Zelle, Z-E-L-L-E, and the email is sr7283 at gmail.com. Thank you very much. And uh, my book is Presidential Takedown, How Anthony Fauci and the Cabal Tried to Topple a Sitting President. Well, you know, I finished off the prior segment talking about Putin, etc. And the reality about it is, I don't want to get into Tucker Carlson issues. I want to just talk about Putin. Putin demonstrated his love of his country. He's defending his borders. And I ask you a simple question. They have nobody listening to this right now that loves America more than me. I also love Canada. I have allegiance to two flags. In fact, three. Canadian, I'm a Canadian citizen. I also have my status for the United States, same. So I respect and I will defend both flags. I will join the military if they allow me at this age to defend both. I was also born in the Caribbean. I don't want to say exactly where. If you could figure it out. So I have three citizenships, really, basically. I have allegiance to three places. But the point I'm making is Putin demonstrates he's a strong man. He loves his country. Yeah, he's an alpha. Yes, he loves the woman, just like Trump, just like Kennedy with their lust demons. But that's their business. I look at the arc of the person's life, the complete arc, start to finish. I'm not judging you on one action. Can I ask you a question? What happened if Mexico was to allow Russia, Putin, right now to deploy nuclear warheads and put some silos on Mexican soil about one mile from the U.S. border. What happened? What would you say? What would you do? What would you want America to do? Do you think the Pentagon, the Joint Chiefs of Staff, do you think they will sit back and let Russia deploy nuclear warheads on Mexican soil within one mile from American soil? Do you think they would allow Mexico to allow Russian troops to put a base right there, one mile from U.S. soil? No. And they have a right not to allow. And I would want the United States to go to war, to bomb the hell out of Mexico, to make sure that doesn't happen. Absolutely. But that's the same situation with Putin. Who in their right mind would ever have expected Putin to sit back? For the Russian people to allow expansion of NATO to encroach upon his borders, to bring uh, Ukraine into NATO so that NATO could deploy forces in Ukraine right up onto his border, could deploy warheads even. Who? That America would have a foothold right there. I'm a, I, I will fight for America and shed my blood. But I understand Putin. Why would he want America to be within one foot from his border? So he's doing what he logically should. He's protecting his country. And he said under no condition 
would need to expand. And all the promises that were made were lies, as he said, to him, to Russia. And all of you talking about, well, you know, he wants to reestablish the former Soviet. So what? The Soviet Union was a powerful, powerful country in Europe, in Eastern Europe. And if he wants to reestablish it to its former glory, that's his business. We have serious problems in America. We have border issues where our border being invaded and overrun by rapists and murderers. Trump was right coming up from El Salvador and Honduras and Mexico and Nicaragua and all those places, bringing fentanyl, killing hundreds of thousands of Americans, infants, every day. Trump was right, rapists coming out of Mexico, murderers coming out of Mexico. Now we have jihadists, sicari sicarios, shaving off their beards, putting on their car keys with their timberlands and their plaid red shirts and their blue shirts. And they're walking across the border and they're looking like Mexicans and Latinos, but they're not. They're hardened terrorists. You have Chinese now, military age, coming across the border in South, from South America. Why? How? Think about it. Trump was right. You have jihadists and Islamists coming into America from the southern border. That's what Biden needs to pay attention to. That's what the frat boys in State Department and the frat girls in state need to focus on. Stop pulling flint from their navels and studying how to provoke and poke other countries. They can't even pee straight. Some of them in their 20s and 30s making policy and they're still going home to suck on their mommy's breasts. They're suckling. It's so embarrassing. Yet pushing somebody like Putin. Putin is playing a game with the world. I don't like Putin. Putin is not my friend. America has to have a healthy respect for him and don't sleep with both eyes closed. And be prepared to punish Russia if Russia does something wrong to America and threatens its national security. Russia didn't threaten America's national security with this Ukraine issue. But if you go and you look at all of those contracts in the Ukraine and look at them for pipelines, for labs, for all sorts of gas projects and stuff, you will see the surnames of many Republican and Democrat children and grandchildren on those contracts. The Ukraine is a slush fund. It's a Ponzi scheme for Republicans and Democrats, principally Democrats, for the re-election campaigns to enrich themselves. Why do you think all of those names, Pelosi children, Biden children, Kerry children, Romney children, surnames, on those contracts. How do you think they get them? With no experience in oil and gas. But yet still you are directing some company in Ukraine. Putin is right. To defend his borders. And I pray to God that he sheds no American blood. None. None. And I pray to God that America don't put soldiers in there. I think he was trying to tread a needle when he said, Look, I know that they have Americans in Russia in Ukraine, mercenaries. But he said it will be a whole different discussion if America put actual U.S. soldiers. I am begging and pleading with the Biden administration, do not put American soldiers on Ukraine soil to fight Russia. I want America to be victorious in everything. I want no bloodshed. Putin has warned and he's asked you not to. Do not. 
So I want to shift to the issue of Operation Warp Speed because a lot of people didn't understand this. <clears throat> President Trump was snowed. I put out on my substack Alexander News Network. You know, just go Paul Alexander substack and you will see them. On March the 9th, President Trump put out a tweet, 2020, March 9, 2020, saying that, look, look at the data on flu. It's so worse than this so-called COVID thing you're telling me. And we never locked down or do any of these masks and stuff for flu. So why was all this hoorah? So Trump was telling you, no, 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 I'm not interested in all this. No lockdowns, nothing. That's March the 9th. Two days after, March the 11th, Trump put out another tweet saying, I will direct the United States government to use the full force of the federal government to respond to this. What happened in two days? What did they do to President Trump? What did they show him? We knew the data. I had the data. Atlas had the data. We already knew. This had, this was less lethal. Whatever this was that they released, this influenza-like illness, than, than seasonal influenza. It was sparing children. Ionides from Stanford was already signaling infection fatality rate of 0.04 means corrected. 75 years old and below. CDC data was already showing you that person 75 years old and below, the risk of survival if you got, were exposed and infected was 99.998%, almost 100%. That you would have no problem with COVID, healthy person. Yes, common cold throws down a person over 85 with underlying medical condition. We know that. The flu, RSV, rhinovirus, whatever. We also know that the common cold will even take down a 20-year-old. There's the odd 20-year-old that will die from the cold because of individual differences on in how your immune system is and who you are. That's life. That is life. This was a PCR-induced fraud, fake, non-pandemic. This was never a pandemic. And I believe Trump began to understand that very early. COVID was never a pandemic. It was not even an emergency. They used a over-cycled, over-amplified, false positive, 95% false positive PCR process to generate fear and hysteria and to cause people to cower below their beds. They use the lie of asymptomatic transmission. They use the lie of equal risk of severe outcome if exposed, disregarding the play of age, risk stratification, and risk. They use the lie of natural immunity being inferior to vaccinal immunity. Under no condition anywhere in history can a vaccine confer superior protection over natural immunity or innate immunity. None ever will never happen. We had data showing that 100 years after the Spanish flu, when we subjected blood from tissue that was retained 100 years after <clears throat> to the Spanish flu virus, we seen an immunological response. 100 years. Natural immunity is bulletproof, lifelong. Unless there's serious mutations. We're not even talking about a... Um, a small shift. We're talking about major multiple mutations that could confer and make the pathogen a different pathogen. 
The issue here is that Trump was snowed. Then on March the 15th, 16th, he gave a news conference, Trump, where he had the task force behind him, this clunk of idiots, morons, from Jerome Adams to Azar to Fauci to Burks, the whole lot to Burma, Seema, um, what's her name, Seema Burma? Trump was speaking for about two minutes. And then at about, if you look, I've called the substack the 75 seconds to change the world. I actually say that F the world. Because at about 55 seconds to 58, Fauci said that all places shall be closed. We're going into lockdown. But during that 55 to 58 second point, somebody in the audience, we argue, I argue, was planted, motioned to Trump, and he was speaking to them. He was not listening to Fauci. When he turned back to the podium to come to take control of the podium again was when Fauci used the term lockdown. I believe Trump heard it. And if you saw his eyes, what he did with his facial antics, it was almost as if he said, well, Christ, I knew they were going to try and destroy my presidency and me. And they're really going to do it. And there's nothing I could do about it. When he turned, you could see the anger. It's like he couldn't believe that they would really go that far and they were going that far. Remember Burke said in her book, we knew that when we took to him in the Oval Office, 15 days to flatten the curve. We knew that we didn't want 15 days. We knew we were going to close it down for good. But he didn't know. She wrote that. That's why she needs to be investigated and tried. Because she lied to a sitting president as an advisor. That's treason. She said if, you, if, if we got him to bite. This was her exact interview. If we got Trump to bite for 15 days, we knew it was over. We knew we were never going to reopen. He didn't know. But once we get him to bite, there's no way he could reopen. And it is true. How could Trump come to the podium after the 15 days? They said the 14 day. You think Trump could have come on the 14 days? All right, guys. Tomorrow's the 15th. We open him back full. You would have thought he was an insane madman between the media and the deep state and the academics and everybody. They'd have said Trump crazy because Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks and Dr. This and Dr. That say, Lockdown, Dr. Redfield, Dr. This, Dr. That. And Trump, non-doctor, just a crazy businessman from New York, telling you open everything up. Where the, where the hell do you have expertise? So you understand the fine needle Trump was treading. He was trying to manage this, this pandemic, this fake fraud non-pandemic. Remember, I'm telling you again, this was never a pandemic. This was a PCR manufactured lie of an asymptomatic non-pandemic. This was a false positive generated fake non-fraud pandemic. The drift drove you to put on masks and lockdown to then take that deadly Malone, Bula Bansal, Wiseman, Carico, Sahin, deadly mRNA technology, mRNA vaccine. Robert Malone must sit down in a trial under oath. Albert Bula, Stefan Bansal of Moderna, Drew Wiseman, Caitlin Carrico, Uga Sahin, a BioNTech. These six start with them, put them in a courtroom, a, tri a tribunal <clears throat> with proper juries and judges. Find out what they did, what they knew. How come they remain silent on reverse transcription of mRNA back into DNA? How come they remain silent on mitochondrial damage? Damage to the ATP. 
<clears throat> how come they remain silent on DNA plasmids and damage? How come they remain silent on the fact that the content of the vaccine would have never stayed at the injection site once you put the mRNA in exosomes, extracellular vehicles, lipid nanoparticles? How come they remain silent on, on the structure of the lipid nanoparticle? The polyethylene glycol, the ionizable lipids, the cationic lipids, the cholesterols in the wall of the lipid nanoparticle that was so deadly and toxic to you, causing anaphylactic shock and hypersensitivity and reactions. How come they remain silent that, that the content of the vaccine would persist for almost years? How come they remain silent, Malone, Malone and Bulan Bansal, <clears throat> that your cells would produce spike protein for the rest of your life? How come Malone, Bula, Bansal, Carico, Wiseman, Sahin must be brought into proper courtrooms, proper judges, proper juries and tried? Let them defend themselves. And if they did well and they didn't kill people, we hug them, we kiss them, we pay them. But if we show that they costed lives and kill, we take all their money, we imprison. And if the judge says hang them, we hang them all. We hang all who killed people in COVID. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. ASEA believes that inside each of us is the potential to feel our very best. Our redox-based products tap into reserves within you to power your personal well-being. Make our breakthrough products an essential step in fulfilling your greatest potential. ASEA, we power potential. For exclusive savings, use code OUTLOUD to save 15% off your first order today. When God, through His grace and mercy, gave us free will, the will of the people was to live freely. To that end, we fight for the liberty of all at a time when global tyranny threatens us as never before in mankind's history. This vision is manifest at AmericaOutloud.news, a site for all who cherish free will and freedom. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio, liberty and justice for all. Welcome back. This is the third segment of the Dr. Paul Alexander Liberty Hour at America Outlaw Talk Radio. <clears throat> I want to thank you for joining me for this concluding segment. I want to talk about a very important issue about Operation Warp Speed and how the taxpayer was on the hook for billions. The vaccine makers were paid up front. And um, you need to understand how Operation Warp Speed ran, what was the philosophy in terms of being able to have vaccine already available minute one after the EU emergency use authorization, EAU, was granted by FDA. But I want to just go back to something for, it's important that we make sure we understand this. I've been making the argument that this was never a pandemic, and I stand firm on it. I've been making the argument that um, this is not even an emergency. I've been making the argument that 
I know the idea is coronavirus, COVID, etc. I know something, a respiratory type entity affected many people, especially many older persons and caused them to get very sick. A lot of respiratory symptoms, a range of symptoms. So let's not fool ourselves. Something was done. Something was released. Something was cooked up somewhere in some labs in the world. Released intentionally, intentionally or by accident. But something stinks to high heavens and something nefarious was done. But what I'm trying to tell you is, if we look at the, the landscape today, the vast majority of deaths didn't come from no virus or pathogen or respiratory entity, so to speak. Yes, some persons died, some people died. Elderly, high-risk persons, immunosenescence, immunocompromised, so the, the immune systems would have been weakened and they would have died. Common cold kills people, even young people. We have 15-year-olds who could die of the cold. So, of course, 80, 85-year-old persons who are compromised in some manner with a sluggish immune system would have been vulnerable. When you take an elderly person and they take bed and they take rest, you increase the risk of a bacterial pneumonia setting in. What I'm trying to say, though, is that a large number of persons, besides that small portion that died from the virus, a larger number died from the denial of treatment. It's very important I remind you. Remember from March 2020, all hospitals in America, Canada, wherever were closed for two years. You couldn't even see your own doctor. All beds were designated COVID. So many people with, with initial diabetes or cancer or heart disease or whatever couldn't get treatment. And they got progressively worse. Many of them were afraid even that to go to the emergency room. They thought they were going to die with this COVID lie. The third bucket, so virus, the denial of treatment, the third bucket was even more persons died due to the collateral damage of the lockdowns. Many people committed suicide. The lockdowns had a catastrophic effect on people, on business owners, on laid-off employees, on children. And then a fourth bucket, even larger, was from the vaccine, the mRNA technology, mRNA vaccine from Bula, Bansal, Malone, Carico, Wiseman, Sahin, these people. The vaccine has been very harmful and deadly. It's not only ineffective, it is deadly. Plus, it also drove the emergence of natural selection, natural selective subvariance because once you mass vaccinate in the midst of a pandemic and well using the word that in the midst of when they're circulating virus circulating pathogen if we accept this using a suboptimal vaccine and this vaccine was suboptimal we knew out of the gate it did not neutralize, it did not sterilize the virus. It did not confer sterilizing immunity. Did not stop infection, did not stop replication, did not stop transmission. So if you approach pathogen using non-lethal force and you place it under pressure, 
and you make life uncomfortable, but you do not deliver lethal force, the pathogen will select from among itself the hardiest and the fittest variants that could survive and overcome that suboptimal immune pressure and select the most hardiest amongst these become enriched in the population, in the environment, and they then become the more dominant ones. So I've already gone through again. Some people died with this virus or pathogen or respiratory entity or microbe, whatever you call it, that was cooked up. And we argue now with infectious clones theory, multiple release points globally. But that's a separate discussion. So some people died because of this. We, I admit, I agree, it's true. I have family that succumbed. But a larger number died due to denial of treatment, only COVID beds. Still a larger number due to the collateral effects of the lockdowns, devastating effects, and even larger due to the vaccine itself. But the vast majority of people died. 90, 95% of persons. Look in Canada. A recent report I saw published in the press, 90% of the persons who died in Canada across COVID, 9-0. That is 9 of every 10, and most of them from the Ontario and the Alberta provinces. 90% of all deaths in Canada during COVID, among the thousands of deaths, occurred in nursing homes and long-term facilities. Why? Because it is this large, largest bucket I'm talking about. It is the medical management. It is the medical healthcare policies. It is how we treated our people, our elderly, vulnerable, high-risk persons. From the time they developed a little cough in the nursing home, <clears throat> we thought the whole place was going to explode. Lock the nursing home down, rush them to the hospital, ER. From the time granny developed a cough in your house, you didn't want it in your house no more. You rushed your, 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 your parent, grandpa or granny to the, nurse, to the ER. Once grandpa touched the ER handle and stepped inside that ER room, his 28-day mortality went up 38 to 40%, almost half. So already he was on a death spiral. Most elderly people went to hospital ER develop iatrogenic infections. That means caught there and they often succumb to it. As well as all the circulating pathogen there, Clostridium difficile, etc. You know what I'm talking about. But for me, time you took granny and we used a over-cycle, over-amplified PCR process beyond 24 cycles where we knew at that point was viral dust, viral fragments, non-infectious, non-lethal pathogen was being detected. So we were taking granny to the emergency room when she was not COVID positive, 95% false positive. Touched the ER door, almost 50% <clears throat> escalated risk in de of death. <clears throat> then what did they do? <clears throat> they quickly wanted granny to be in that black hole, that COVID protocol. Why? Because hospitals in Canada Hospitals in America, UK, Australia, France, across the world were incentivized. They were paid per COVID patient. But to get the maximal incentivization, you had to put them on this COVID train 
and make sure they got all of the treatments along the way so you could do maximal building. You knew. <clears throat> you knew that when I brought my parents to the ER, you knew that was the last time I was going to see them. You knew they were not COVID positive, 95% false positive. But you knew in the hospital you were going to kill her. You were going to kill my father and my grandma and my mother. You knew that's what you were doing. You knew that that kiss was the last kiss. They would never see their parents again. And those elderly people didn't know that they were never coming out. You put them behind that glass window deep inside that hospital. And you knew when they died, we couldn't even bury them. We couldn't even see them dead. You killed them, and then we couldn't bury them. You knew that. You know once you put on that COVID protocol, she was dead. But you knew you had to kill her because you had to get that money from the government in Canada, in the provinces, in America. <clears throat> you knew you isolated and you put on a death spiral instantly. Isolation is one of the biggest killers of elderly people. You knew that. You knew she was becoming dehydrated and malnourished because she couldn't drink and you wouldn't feed her. You, the doctors and nurses, stood behind the glass wall with your shields and your mask and your, and your chart. And you were taking notes. And granny was spiraling down. But you didn't even touch her. After two weeks there, granny was almost dead. You pulled back the cover and granny covered in mounds of feces, laying there in her piss in her urine, in her shit. They wouldn't touch her, wouldn't change her. And maggots crawling all over her stomach and her chest. But from, from behind the glass, looking nice. And you knew that. <clears throat> you knew your place, do not resuscitate orders on her, unbeknownst to the children outside who couldn't even see her. You knew he denied her antibiotics and she probably had bacterial pneumonia secondary to the viral infection. We even confirmed that with Spanish through 1917, 1918. The vast majority of persons who died didn't die of no pandemic flu or influenza in Spanish flu. They died of bacterial pneumonia. And another portion died with improper prescribing of aspirin. Aspirin was, was discovered back then and they didn't know the high dosing and erratic dosing killed a vast majority of people in Spanish flu. So you isolated her, you dehydrated her, you malnourished her, you do not resuscitate. You denied antibiotics and then you sedated her. You pumped her with a five-drug cocktail that was killing her. Propofol, midazolam, the paralytic, diamorphine, fentanyl, lorazepam. She was already in a pine box. She was not coming out. But you needed more money. So you need to pump her with remdesivir so you could bill 3000 a pill. Every pill was $3,000. So you had to pump her with the remdesivir. So you needed to keep her dying. You knew she was dying, but you need to keep giving it. So you could bill the government. 15 pills she got at three grand. And then you pump more toxic drugs. And then you intubated her. And then you put on the ventilator. And the ventilator caused ventilator-associated pneumonia. You know that is a critical risk factor. 
<clears throat> and then eventually the lungs were already so trauma, the alveoli was so brittle and bruised. You blew holes. You slapped on that ventilator and send that air down with pressure that just blew up her lungs. <clears throat> blew massive holes in her lungs and she died. When Cuomo was the, was the governor and he used to give those press conferences every day, preening, in, boasting. I remember one press conference when he said, <clears throat> Trump sent us ventilators. We asked for ventilators. Trump sent us ventilators out the wazoo. We asked for the mercy ship. Trump sent us his ship. He even praised Trump. But he said, but there's something he didn't understand. How 95% of the people he put on the ventilators died. What Cuomo said that day was the fact, but the news refused to cover it. Nobody would touch it because everybody wanted ventilators. But the ventilators was killing everybody on it. And Cuomo, as much as I despise his politics, I am not no Democrat, leftist, socialist. He was correct. And I have to tip my hat to him. He raised a topic that nobody followed up on. The ventilator killed the vast majority, 95% of people on it. <clears throat> and these doctors want amnesty. Our medical doctors today say they want amnesty. They want us to forgive them. They're saying we didn't know. They've come to me after shows behind the steps on these stages, whispering, say, Paul, we can't be seen talking to you, Paul, but we need to tell you we agree with everything you say, everything McCullough says, everything you were right four years now. But we were wrong, but we can't say it. We, we're not strong as you, they would tell me. That's what they would say. We knew what we were doing was wrong, but CDC told us we had to, the state board told us we had to, the College of Physicians and Surgeons said we had to. So you have to understand, every time I say that I don't care who Trump administration, Biden administration, we take all these people, we take everyone connected to the vaccine. Malone, Bula, Bansal, all. We put them in proper hearings, proper tribunals. Let them defend themselves. And if they did good, as I said, we hug them. But if they did bad, we imprison them. We imprison them. And if judges and juries, not me, if a judge says that he thinks it rises to death penalty, we impose the death penalty. We need Nuremberg 2.0. Look, let me end by letting you know something. All that was done with the vaccines in Operation Warp Speed, the idea was being most of the vaccine would not be effective. And they knew that. But all of the vaccine makers were paid up front, hundreds of millions, billions, knowing that most of the vaccine would be dumped. But the first to declare a signal of benefit would be given EAU. But it was already foregone. It was going to be Moderna and Pfizer. The research was ongoing, for we both know they already had this done for years. What you needed to understand is that under the oper Operation Warp Speed model, from the first minute of vaccine research, and when they did these trials over four months, when it should have been 15 years, they didn't actually did, didn't do any research. The, all of that was a farce. It was a fraud. It was already a foregone conclusion. But the idea was 
to fool the public too that as they conducted research by the minute, vaccine would be produced by the minute and then placed on trucks and placed in warehouses across America, outside CVS, Walmart, etc., in these warehouses. <clears throat> so the minute one got the nod, that, that minute after, vaccine would be put in on the shelf and given in arms. That was the Operation Warp Speed. And Trump, Trump was fooled because he thought... You see, he wanted to innovate and he wanted to save lives, and I give him a lot of credit. But he didn't understand you couldn't boil 15 years down into four months. But all he was thinking was, okay, I'm squeezing the inefficiencies, inefficiencies, inefficiencies and the red tape by boiling down to four months. But he didn't understand that, that those years were built into the process so you could follow drugs, vaccines, medical devices, long term so these rare safety events that emerge could emerge trump didn't know that so when he asked them over and over make sure it's safe because we know we were there safe and effective don't bring anything that's not safe and effective to me they kept telling him mr president it's safe and effective they were lying to him they were lying to trump but he did not know it was an ingenious plan i, I give him credit <laughs>